to this month's CSF Monthly Podcast, as always aiming to keep you up to date with the latest information and data in rheumatology. Well, the safety of JAK inhibitors continues to dominate the rheumatology data seen at present. And in the first paper reviewed today, I'm going to discuss the latest post hoc analysis data set from oral surveillance. I'm guessing there isn't a rheumatologist amongst us now who doesn't know that the primary findings from the oral surveillance study indicated an increased risk of MACE, major cardiovascular events, with tofacitinib versus a TNF inhibitor. And in this latest look at the data, Charles Showman and colleagues further evaluate risk of MACE with tofacitinib versus TNFI in the oral surveillance overall population, but this time with a specific focus on patients with or without a history of atherosclerotic cardiovascular disease. The second paper today is also going to look at JAK inhibitors, but this time raises a question as to what to do if the first JAK inhibitor fails. Do you cycle to another JAK inhibitor or do you switch to biologic DMARD? And that's something that we'll talk about in detail just in a few moments. But um, of particular relevance today, um, uh, Pombo Suarez and colleagues use data from the JAK-POT collaboration to compare the efficacy of a second JAK inhibitor versus a biologic DMARD after failure of the first JAK inhibitor. So we'll have a look at those data and think a little bit about what that means for you and I in practice. And as always, if you want to assess the, the, the summary slides of the papers discussed today, go along to cytokinesignaling.com, cytokinesignaling, all one word, .com. It's an incredible resource for you. The slides, information, abstracts, papers, and the, the, the further reading that you might want to do just to really keep yourself up to date. Okay, first paper, the risk of major adverse cardiovascular events with tofacitinib versus TNF inhibitors in patients with rheumatoid arthritis with or without a history of atherosclerotic cardiovascular disease. So as I've said before, a, a post hoc analysis of oral surveillance, uh, which in turn was a post authorization study that evaluated the relative risk of adjudicated MACE and malignancies with tofacitinib versus TNF inhibitor in patients with RA aged more than or equal to 50. And this is critical with more than or one additional cardiovascular risk factor. Now, the primary findings indicated an increased risk of MACE with tofacitinib versus TNF inhibitor uh, hazard ratio of 1.33. The conference interval was 0.91 to 1.94. Remember, it's a non-inferiority design. The increased risk of MACE with tofacitinib versus TNF inhibitor was more pronounced in patients aged more than or equal to 65 years than in patients who were less than that age. Now, Atherosclerotic cardiovascular disease is defined based on events, diagnoses, or procedures associated with atherosclerosis in arteries of the heart, head, and neck, and the periphery. And patients with ASCVD are generally considered to have high or very high absolute risk of MACE. And this uh, analysis uh, from Christina and her colleagues also evaluates risk of MACE with tofacitinib versus TNF inhibitor in the oral surveillance overall population and in patients with or without a history of ACCVD. So what were the findings? Well, in patients with a history of atherosclerotic CVD, MACE incidence was higher with tofacitinib 5 and 10 milligrams versus TNF inhibitors. In patients with history of um, atherosclerotic CVD, um, 14%, 14.7%, MACE incidence was higher with tofacitinib 5 milligrams, 8.3%, and 10 milligrams, 7.7% versus TF inhibitors, 14.2%. Uh, the hazard ratio, the combined tofacitinib doses versus TNF inhibitors was 1.98 
confidence intervals 0.95 to 4.14, the interaction p-value here 0.196, and that's for the instance rate uh, difference. Now, in patients without a history of atherosclerotic cardiovascular disease, the MACE had a ratio is for TOFA 5 or or 10 milligrams were 2.4% uh, and 2.8% respectively versus a TRF inhibitor, 2.3%. Um, so that's uh, 1.03 and 1.25 in terms of risks. So based on the IR differences, this corresponds to a number needed to harm of 869 and 124 patients who would need to be treated with tofacitinib 5 and 10 milligrams BID respectively versus a TNF inhibitor over five years to have one additional cardiovascular event. Now, the risk of MI and stroke with TOFA versus TNF inhibitor according to the history of atherosclerotic cardiovascular disease, what happened there? Well, in patients with a history of um, atherosclerotic disease treatment, tofacitinib 5 or 10 milligrams BID was associated with an increased risk of myocardial infarction and stroke as compared with those receiving TNF inhibitor. Risk of MI was also increased with tofacitinib versus TNF inhibitor in patients without a history of atherosclerotic cardiovascular disease. Remember, all of these patients had risk factors at entry. And the association between baseline cardiovascular risk scores and risk of MACE, myocardial infarction and stroke with TOFA versus TNF inhibitor in patients without a history of atherosclerotic disease, well, this is interesting. MACE IRs, regardless of treatment group, were highest in patients at high risk that is more than or equal to 20% 10-year risk of a cardiovascular event. There was no difference in risk of MACE with tofacitinib 5 milligrams or 10 milligrams as compared with TNF inhibitors in those patients at high or intermediate risk. Now, the hazard ratios for tofacitinib versus TNF inhibitors were greater than 1.0 in patients with low or borderline risk. The number of events, of course, correspondingly, was very low. MI uh, IRs were highest in patients with a high cardiovascular risk score, kind of intuitive. There was an increased risk of MI with tofacitinib 5 versus TNF inhibitors in patients with 10, uh, a high 10-year risk of MACE. There were fewer MI reported in the other risk categories. And the association between baseline cardiovascular risk and stroke IRs was less apparent than observed for MACE and myocardial infarction. And again, overall event numbers in each risk category were low. Okay, well, there's a lot of information there. What do we conclude? Well, it's a post-talk analysis. It has observed higher MACE risk for tofacitinib versus TNF inhibitors in patients with RA and a history of atherosclerotic cardiovascular disease, going beyond just risk factors. Among patients without history of atherosclerotic cardiovascular disease, all with prevalent cardiovascular risk factors, MACE risk did not appear particularly different with tofacitinib 5 milligrams BID versus TNF inhibitors. Now, due to the exploratory nature of this analysis and low statistical power, differential MACE risk for TOFA 5 versus TNF inhibitors among patients without a history of atherosclerotic cardiovascular disease can't be excluded, but an absolute risk excess is likely to be quite low. Okay, so reassuring information there, and uh, I, I would refer you to the recent EULAR recommendations in, in terms of the use of JAK inhibitors in, in people with rheumatoid arthritis, if you want further background reading. Okay, second paper, what do we do after JAK inhibitor failure? To cycle or to switch? That sounds almost Shakespearean, doesn't it? That is the question. Data from the JAK-POT collaboration of registries. Well, um, in real life, JAK inhibitors have been used primarily in patients with treatment failure to biologic DMARs. 
but we have new JAK inhibs coming on stream with different JAK inhibition profiles. And there is a possibility of using other JAK inhibitors after an inadequate response to the first in patients with rheumatoid arthritis. There are no data on the effectiveness of using a JAK inhibitor compared with a biologic DMARD in patients with a first JAK inhib treatment failure. And the objective of this collaboration was to use an observational design to prospectively collect data in 17 national registries within the jackpot project and to allow this comparison of the efficacy of a second JAK inhibitor versus a biologic DMARD after failure of the first JAK inhibitor. Uh, response and reason for stopping second-line therapies were also examined depending on the reason for stopping the first JAK inhibitor. So why did the first one fail? Did that have an influence in what happened next? The key results here, well, patient baseline demographics and clinical characteristics showed that compared with patients switching to biologic DMARD, patients initiating another JAK inhib tended to be older, longer disease duration, they were more often seropositive. Uh, they had received a higher number of previous biologic DMARDs and had longer exposure to the first JAK inhibitor treatment. So all of that, I think, is quite intuitive. Monotherapy was more common among patients switching to another JAK inhibitor. And most of the patients receiving uh, received, I should say, tofacitinib 61% or baricitinib 37% as their first JAK inhibitor. Again, probably reflecting time of licensing approval. Now, the, the use of the paracitinib or filgotinib was limited, 1.4%. There was no association between the type of first jackinib or the reason for discontinuing it and the subsequent decision to cycle a second jackinib or switch to a biologic DMARD. Measures of disease activity were not different in both groups, and there were no crude differences observed in drug retention between both strategies after two years of follow-up. In uh, univariate uh, analysis, treatment strategy was not associated with the differential Retention hazard ratio for withdrawal was 0.93, confidence intervals crossed 1, uh, p-value therefore 0.39. The adjusted analysis demonstrated that cycling to another jackinib was associated with a higher retention compared with use of a biologic DMARD. The hazard ratio for withdrawal was 0.82, p-value 0.04. Now, when the reason for stopping the first jackinib was lack of efficacy, most of the patients in both treatment groups would also cease for this reason. In the first jackinib was discontinued due to an adverse event and a second jackinib was used, the reason for stopping it would be more likely another adverse event. Whereas if a biologic DMARD was used, more variability was detected. So first time round, if you um, fail for lack of efficacy, then you're likely to subsequently fail for the same reason. If you fail a jackinib first time round for an AE, then that's likely the reason for stopping a jackinib second time round, but less clear when we look at biologics. And the CDI improved in a similar way in both groups after 12 months of follow-up. So uh, what do we make of all of this? Well, first of all, it's results of a study in real-life conditions, reflects our current practice, and it suggests that after failing the first JAK inhibitor, the use of a second JAK inhibitor and switching to a biologic DMARD um, has a, a similar effectiveness overall. Patients who cycle JAK inhib have a slightly higher retention rate. I have to urge caution here, if an adverse event was the reason to stop the first JAK inhibitor, it's likely to be the reason for, for stopping a second JAK inhibitor. And uh, as I mentioned, it's a bit less clear what will happen in the biologic DMARD retrial. This is an analysis providing clinically meaningful evidence of the efficacy of cycling JAK inhibs and switching to biologic DMARDs. And I think it is quite helpful to us in just informing patients of what the likelihood is of one or the other approach working out. 
Well, uh, as always, if you're interested in the publications uploaded this month and, of course, to look at other podcasts and resources, head over to cytokinesignaling.com. Cytokinesignaling, all one word with double L. And as always, thank you for your attention. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and let us know what you think by leaving a review. It's always a pleasure. Really appreciate your support for the website and for the podcast. I hope you're remaining well. And as always, wish you the very best in the care of your patients. Thanks very much indeed. Well, listen to this month's podcast and get in the know with the latest data from the oral surveillance study on risk of MACE, major cardiovascular events in patients with atherosclerotic cardiovascular disease, as well as finding answers to an important question on JAK inhibitor cycling. Head over to the CSF website and keep up to date with the latest data in cytokine signaling and its clinical consequences. Thanks very much.